Hey all, welcome to Humans of InfoSec, Emerging Voices. My name is Vanessa Sauter, Security Strategy Analyst at Cobalt.io. Today, I'm excited to welcome BSI Lab to the show. When Caroline and I saw her on Twitter, we immediately reached out. She's not our average Humans of InfoSec guest, I'll admit. But I think you'll be pleasantly surprised to learn what BSI Lab has been up to. Okay, so BSI Lab, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? What grade are you in? Where are you based right now? What are you focused on? Well, I am now 13 years old, a teenager. I'm in New Jersey, and I'm into cybersecurity. Very cool. Can you tell me a little bit more about your interest in, in cybersecurity? Well, I want to try a little bit of everything until I find my <laughs> passion in it. Um, I don't know. I just like everything. You just like everything? Yeah. So I think when we first talked, you told me a little bit about this project you were working on called Horsebot. And it gave me a pretty good sense of what you're good at and what you're interested in. And I would love it if you could tell our audience a little bit more about Horsebot. Okay, so starting from the beginning, my at Hope 10, I met this biologist and biohacker, and I had to do a science fair project for school. That was when I was in fifth grade, which, by the way, I'm in eighth grade now, and I didn't know what to do it on. I mean, I didn't want to do the floating egg or volcano like every other kid. I wanted to be unique. <laughs> so I talked to him, and he said there's this one type of plant that a lot of people don't know about, and there's not a lot of research on, called Oxalis stricta. So I did a research project on that. But I had to use the MS media. That's a whole other story. I had to vary the amount of ammonium nitrate. And I always uh, was scared that I was going to add too much or too little because, as you know, science has to be very, very specific. Definitely. So if you add one drop over, the whole project is ruined. <laughs> so I had to, like, carefully pour it with a funnel. So that was kind of annoying. I was thinking that a lot of other scientists were probably having this problem, too. So I decided the next year in sixth grade to make the water bot. The water bot dispenses a certain amount of water or formula or whatever you want to put into a plant and gives you the specific amount that you want. Um, and it prints it out so you know what time it gave it to the plants and all that fun stuff. Cool. After I told about the WaterBot project to my neighbor, Ed, who works at a horse rescue farm. He told me this really sad thing. Horses in the winter don't drink enough water because it's either too hot or too cold. And they usually get this one problem where they get dry stool. I'm not a vet, so I don't know anything about this. <laughs> in some part of their body and they have to get surgery to get it removed. 80% die during surgery. 
So after I heard that, I decided to make the horse bot. <laughs> I'm still working on it. Haven't worked on it in a while. Want to get back on that now with um, everything that's going on in the world. I have more time to work on it. The horse bot is a horse watering bucket. It dispenses a certain amount of water at any time you want it to. It heats it up, it refills itself, and it tracks how much the horse drank and when. So if Sally the horse drank, I'm not sure what's the right amount for each day, but five liters of water this day, five liters of water this day, and only two the next day, there's something wrong and you should probably take her to a vet. So I made this just to help prevent it from happening. So cool and so impressive. So basically what I'm hearing from you is that before you even got into security and into hacking, you were already trying to figure out sort of how things work and how to make things better through technology. Yep. Can you tell me a little bit more about how that led up to you founding and working on Girls Who Hack? After I was working on the horse bot, I went to a bunch more hacker conferences. My first hacker conference was B-Sides Delaware. That's where I did my first talk on ciphers. And after that, I went to more and more conferences. And the way it kind of led into hacking was through CTFs. I love doing capture the flags and things like that. But I kind of noticed there were more girls than, uh, more boys than girls. Mm -hmm. And that kind of bugged me. So I decided to start my own organization to help girls who want to get started but don't know where to start. Because as you know, cybersecurity is a big, big field. Mm -hmm. So I decided to make Girls Who Hack. Girls Who Hack motto is teaching girls the skills of hacking so that they can change the future. Awesome. I provide online and physical classes on um, cybersecurity. Right now, I'm going through the OWASP top 10 <laughs> cool. cyber vulnerabilities, and I'm doing a class on each one. I've got a SQL injection and cross-site scripting out of the way. Cool. But I'm working on how to build a home lab and how to build virtual machines just so you can have a home lab in a, an area to hack, you know? So I'm working on a class for that. I'm almost done with it. Then I'm going to do an online version of the SQL injection and online of the cross-site scripting. So, yeah. So cool. Can we back up one second? I'm really curious about how you got from building the horse bot to, and, uh, to presenting at B-Sides Delaware about ciphers. Where was the jump for you from sort of figuring out this puzzle and like biohacking to wanting to participate in security conferences and capture the flag competitions? Well, my dad... He introduced me to everything in the beginning because he works in cybersecurity, audiovisual, and a bunch of other stuff. 
And so after I did a couple of CTFs, um, some of the challenges consisted of um, cryptography and all puzzles and things like that. And I wanted to teach other kids how to also do these puzzles and how to solve them. Because for me, at least, it's kind of hard Googling things in Wikipedia. It's just an <laughs> yep. endless loophole, an endless just clicking on the blue links in Wikipedia and searching <laughs> and searching in Google. Always just technical word after technical word. Yep. That's another reason why I started Girls Who Hack because... There's just so much information, and I haven't really found anyone that put it super duper simply. Mm. Okay, so you your dad helped you, and you were starting to work on this, and you were like many of us, particularly in security, trying to find solutions on the internet, and we're like, this is even more confusing than I thought, and <laughs> there are so many confusing words here, and end up in an internet hole, which I often find myself into. So. On our call earlier, you mentioned something that blew my mind, which is that you have attended DEF CON multiple times. And I would love to hear a little bit more about your experiences attending DEF CON. So my first year at DEF CON, I remember the years I've been to DEF CON by my hair. The first <laughs> year I had my hair pink. The second year I had it blue. And the third year I had it purple. Kind of sad DEF CON is canceled this year because I was excited to go. What but, color was your hair going to be? Um, I wasn't quite sure. I asked a lot of my friends. I was debating between red and orange. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Cool. Um, maybe next year. But my first DEF CON, I didn't know the scale of it. I was used to B-sides, just a couple of rooms in a hotel. Mm -hmm. Um you know, couple talks, couple of rooms, but DEF CON's huge and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> and bigger. It, it's huge. And I wish we had more days because DEF CON is so huge. Um, how long is DEF CON then? Seven days? Three. Three days? Only three days? <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, it feels like seven. Only three days? I don't feel like that's enough. I wish <laughs> DEF CON was like a month long but humans have to work you know it was really cool I went to the Roots Asylum which wasn't really starting off it was like the second year of the Roots Asylum but it just keeps getting bigger and bigger mm, cool and so from what I understand you didn't only attend DEF CON you also have done some talks at DEF CON right yeah, I did a talk in the biohacking village. I did a talk in the voting village. And I did a talk in the Roots Asylum. Cool. That's how you got interested in voting security? Well, voting security started when, again, back at the Roots Asylum. <laughs> <laughs> they held a mock election reporting system for us kids to use SQL injection to hack and learn how to use it, it was really, really easy, and that really, really scared me. <laughs> so that's what got me into election security. I wrote a talk on election security and all of its flaws and how we should fix them. 
And Congresswoman Mickey Sherrill of New Jersey invited me to go to a congressional hearing on election security, which was really eye-opening. Them talking about it back and forth, and it was just people care about election security. And I wanted to get more and more awareness of election security now that elections are coming up soon. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And and what did your congresswoman ask you about? Um, we just we just mostly just talked about like I was explaining SQL injection to her. Uh-huh. Which was kind of funny. And we didn't get to talk much because as you know, busy busy as a bee. Um but she was really cool and she seemed like she really cared and that she was interested. So yeah, it was just good to know that she cared. Awesome. And so can you tell us a little bit about how uh, your experience at DEF CON and Roots Asylum helped you start Secure Open Vote? Yeah, after I told more and more people all about the problems, I'm like, hey, why am I just stating the problems? Why not give some solutions and why not build the solution? So I just started, decided to start Secure Open Vote, which is my own uh, end-to-end election system that I started recently that I'm building. Uh, Secure Open Vote, if you want to build an election system, you have to do it end-to-end. Reporting system, um, voting machines, everything. So now I'm working on the reporting system. Yeah. So impressed. And you were telling me a little bit about how you were not only trying to build it and understand how it works, but how you wanted to protect it. And I was curious if you could explain a little bit about your thoughts on, you know, risk limiting audits and and having hackers hack it and open source or any of that that you were you were telling me about earlier. So one rumor, well, not really rumor, one thing that's been going around is that we should make election systems more and more computer, more technology. I know I'm all about technology in general, but I feel <laughs> like we should be a little more old-fashioned and go to hand-marked paper ballots. In hmm. Romania, in most places, they just use stamps. Hmm. And then machines that read the um, stamps and see, yes, no, yes, no. So um, I just want to go back to the good old days. <laughs> where there were paper and risk-limiting audits, of course, and just make sure that the voting machines at least have a paper trail because even if the elections would get hacked, you'd have a paper trail to check and see what the actual vote was. Awesome. So what is your impression of cybersecurity as an industry? You know, you've been to DEF CON for several years. You founded Girls Who Hack. You built the horse spot or you're working on the horse spot. You've had uh, way more exposure to InfoSec than, you know, any kid I know. And I'm really curious about, you know, what you think of the industry. I think that it's growing faster and faster. Mm -hmm. Again, it's huge, really big. There's a lot of sides to it. So even if you get started in cybersecurity and you don't 
really like it, there's like a lot of fields in it. So you can try anything pretty much. Um, but I feel like it needs more diversity. We need more women. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like men should try to also get more women into cybersecurity and even start young and get more kids into cybersecurity. Mm. And what do you think of the uh, the hacker community? I've noticed that even there are a bunch of extroverts and introverts and every different type of hacker you can imagine. But I've noticed that um, we can all bond on one thing, cybersecurity. Mm. We all have this one passion. So whether you're from here or there, how old you are, if you're a woman, a man, no matter where you're from or who you are, we all share the same thing in common. So it's very open. I love LineCon at DEF CON. I've mm. only been to one LineCon, but it was really cool. You can just meet random people. There are a bunch of beach balls getting passed around, <laughs> around, which is fun. And you just talk to random strangers in line with you and make new friends. And yeah, it's just like one giant sticker trading party. <laughs> And then I have a couple more questions for you, but before I ask the, the final question, uh, there's definitely one I want to I ask, which is, can you tell me a little bit more about your interest in soldering? Sure. I always love soldering. At um, different conferences, they always give out badges and stickers. The badges I love because they're super shiny. Of course, they hurt my eyes because they're so blinding, but they're <laughs> shiny and fun and all different types of colors all different things you can do with them you can um you can program them to do different things and put games on badges so I'm like hey why don't I make my own badge so along with Mr. Blinky Bling I uh, (laughs) made some badges for beginners and uh, meant mostly for beginners and anyone who just wants a fun soldering project it has my logo, which is Fluffy Make Glitter Sparkle the Cat on it. <laughs> um, they're, they're great for beginners. I made a video on my uh, Twitch channel all on how to solder and all about soldering. It's super easy, fun to do, very colorful. I made sure of that. And um, they're sold on girlswhohack.com if anyone wants one. Awesome. Oh, it's just so cool. Your interests are amazing. And I I love how excited you are about, you know, hacking and security and soldering. It seems like you just have so many cool projects that you're working on. So my final question for you, which is a silly question, and you can tell me that it's silly, is what do you want to be when you grow up? Honestly, in my life, I want to try and do everything. (laughs) Not just in cybersecurity, in um, everywhere, pretty much. I'm not really sure what I want to be. That's why I have so many projects going on. The horse bot may become a thing in the future. The um, Secure Open Vote may become a thing. Girls Who Hack may become a thing. Um, Not that they already aren't a thing, just, I mean, a bigger thing. So um, I'm trying to set up a bunch of paths for myself just to see what is what and where is what, (laughs) if that makes sense. It makes total sense. I think the way that you described it to me last week when we spoke was that you just want to go with the flow. 
exactly. Cool. Do everything because a lot of things pop up. When I was um, in third grade, I wanted to be a lawyer. And then <laughs> all of this cybersecurity stuff started uh, popping up. I wanted to be a penetration tester. And then I wanted to be a motivational speaker. And then I want to be an actor. Then I want to be a, so many things. And <laughs> why not do all of them? <laughs> I love that. Awesome. Well, uh, I can say that many of us are, are excited to see, you know, what you continue to do and how you continue to grow. You are already an amazing woman, and I'm sure you're going to do fantastic things in your life, no matter what you decide you want to pursue. And we are so excited for you. And I definitely can speak for the security community that we want to support you and, and make the community as welcoming um, and as uh, collaborative as it can be so that, you know, if you decide to join us one day, you'll have a, a great career. Well, thank you. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for, for joining the podcast. Is there anything else that you, you want to talk about now that we're, you know, on the phone? Is there anything that I didn't ask you or anything you're thinking about right now where you're like, oh, I wish I had uh, talked about that? Well, I also have stickers on my website. Um, I have Girls Who Hack stickers. All profits go to Girls Who Hack. Cool. I also have BSI Lab stickers, Girls Who Hack stickers. Um, like I said, uh, the soldering kit. Um, and again, all profits go to Girls Who Hack. Oh yeah, we're looking for someone um, also to host. Um, the reporting system for Secure Open Vote. Okay. Because um, we don't have anyone to host it yet, so um, so nobody can hack it now. And I really want hackers to try to hack it and tell me what vulnerabilities they find, so I can actually. <laughs> cool. So you want to you want to implement a uh, vulnerability disclosure program for Secure Open Vote? Yeah. Very very cool. All right. Well, I will just wrap up by saying. BSI Lab, you are awesome. It was so great learning more about you and what you're interested in. We're so excited to see what you do next. And thank you so much for hopping on Humans of InfoSec. Thank you for having me, Vanessa. Humans of InfoSec is brought to you by Cobalt.io, a pen testing as a service company. Like what you hear? Subscribe, share, or leave a review wherever you enjoy podcasts. And don't forget to say hello. You can find us on Twitter at Humans of InfoSec. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.